you've stumbled across the honest pod with Carrie Garcia where my hope is to create a safe space to share stories that foster healing hope and the honesty needed to live free and fully alive and now for this week's episode of the honest pod Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Honest Pod. Okay, this has been... What a season this has been for me to figure out what the heck I'm doing with this podcast. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I have taken... Gosh, I've taken several months now. We've done a couple episodes. I know you guys heard the one about friendship with DJ Ali Mills and Mario and myself, and then just kind of took this step back of going, okay, what, what do I want? Because you know what, guys? You can't do something that you just to give to everybody. It has to be like, it has to mean something to you. And so for me, I don't want to stop doing the podcast. I really love this. I love meeting all of you on the road. I love hearing from you in emails and, and DMs and all this stuff. And I know that this is a good space, but for me, I was like, okay, what, what do I want to do and what really works well for me? And honestly, I love doing this podcast with someone else. So it has really been kind of this, you know, am I going to find a co-host? Am I going to, you know, sign up with someone else? And really what has been cool is like the Lord kind of has put on my heart. Well, what if you started doing these, you know, doing, having a co-host for like a short segment of time. And so that kind of got my mind um, spinning and spiraling and like, oh, okay. But in a good way, not in a bad way. When you have anxiety, you need to clarify that. <laughs> so I I thought, oh, this could be cool. And there's a few people that I feel like, man, I would love more time with them. And I'd love to break down things, not so much as an interview, but really kind of like in a co-host space. So that being said, we are going to start this kind of series of four episode co-hosting, um, you know, kind of experiment, if you will. So, you know, welcome to the experiment. And we're, and we're going to start with someone that I feel really comfortable starting with. You know, you got to start with where you feel comfortable. And so I have decided, and she said yes, to co-host with my dear bestie, Jen Jones. So she's on with us right now. Jenny, say hello. <laughs> You just took me to 17 when you call me Jenny. Whoa. Hi, Carrie. I'm excited. I'm excited. I want to spend more time with you too. So what better than in front of your uh, 11 listeners? Right. Totally. And the fact is, is that this is not going to be this is not going to be challenging for us because literally you got on, let's see, 25 minutes ago. We've been talking for 20 minutes just talking about stuff that's going on in our life before we even press play. So this is not, this is not going to be hard, but let me give you guys a little background of who Jen is. Not only is she a dear friend of mine, she's also the founder and CEO of Jen Jones Direct LLC baby and creative architect of the Significant Conference, which I have had the opportunity to do that. She does, she has books, she has courses. She is uh, amazing at equipping women to create the life that they love on the foundation of faith. Jen also uh, just knows what it's like to experience the unexpected. She has grown through life's challenges. She advocates for differently abled kids and their parents because she's a mom. 
of a girl, little girl named Addie who we love and adore who has Down syndrome. And she helps families identify their core values and champions women. And I can tell you this, this is true of her, championing women to know and own their God-given worth and to live a life of significance. She's also a certified health coach, which means layers of things. So I just want to say, this is kind of who Jen is. Um, but more than all of that, she has been someone who has held space for my heart and has been a real friend to me when friendships have been hard. Friendships have been, when you've been on the podcast before and we've talked about this. Um, but not only that, I've also seen you just grow immensely and going, look, I, you are never satisfied with the level of healing that God has given you. You have always pursued more healing. And that is where I have seen you have to get really honest about a lot of things in your life. And that's why the honest pod is what it is because you and I both know that in order to grow, where do you need to get honest? And that can be really hard. So I welcome to the honest pod. We're going to be excited to have you on here for four episodes, which is so exciting. But before we kind of dive into what we're going to talk about today, I am curious, you're a mom of four and which means I'm a mom of three and we are now moving into beloved and bittersweet summer. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I mean by bittersweet summer. So my kids just got out of school and that means that I have to shift all of how I organize my day because my kids will just literally sit around and watch, you know, video games and do whatever all day long. So I've had to create Carrie's summer fun. We have literally created this and it's every Wednesday we go. And it has been, it's like fun, but also it's crazy making. And I am just, it's like, how do you manage moving into, like, what is it like for you to move in from kids in school and your rituals, routines and all of that into summer? Is it crazy for you or is it easy for you? It's how chaos. It? Yeah. <laughs> and I would think after I've been like working from home and had kids, all kids in school for the last, I don't know eight years, you would think that I would like end of year would happen. I'd be like, oh, okay. I, this is what I need to do and we're going to be okay. But it, no, day one of summer is all out chaos and disruption and like, what are we going to do <laughs> every year? Even though I'm like, I, I would be prepared for this. It just shifts and changes every year because right. they're these little growing beings and also me. I'm a growing being. And so right. things shift and change even for my needs or, um, so like some of what it looks like is right now a text because they're in the other room and I'm like, no, really, please. You have to really be quiet. <laughs> I am <laughs> this on is this not podcast. just me talking to Carrie. Like we're, we're recording a podcast and the response is like from one, oh, okay, no problem. The other, sorry, which then I deal with all this like, oh, they shouldn't be sorry. It's their summer break. This is their home too. All the, so yeah, it's, right. yeah, it's chaos. inside out chaos. Right. Coming out of March, I mean, uh, May, see, I don't even know what month it is. Coming out of May, literally like the last two weeks was like, you know, you have, here's marshmallows and a beef stick for lunch. And like, I don't know what else to do with you. And then now you're home all day requiring all of these things. And I love them so much. And I'm, I mean, obviously we love our kids so much, but we want to, you know, I also want to be a good mom and not let you sit in front of all the things. I also need you to know that the world doesn't revolve around you 24 seven. So, you know, you're going to need to, yeah, be quiet for a little bit, which is definitely what I've said fair. to my kids that are here. That's fair. But on top of it, like 
I'm at the point where I'm like, I, I can't take one more thing. I, I like everything is like, and it's not because I'm at the end of myself. It's just, I'm pivoting. I'm transitioning from what it meant to be in school and what it now means to be in summer. And then we have the situation with my dog. And I just need to talk about this thing with my dog. So my dog has what's called hot spots. Have you ever heard of this? You've lost me. Yeah. Tell me more. I know how, yeah, right. I, I know how much you love, love animals. So my dog apparently has been licking its fur to where it's literally bald. And for those of you that have animals, you're going to know what this is. I had no idea. He's got it on both sides of his legs. He's just been licking it. So we had to take him to the doctor. We had to take my dog to the doctor. And the doctor's like, he has anxiety. No, he does not. <laughs> And I'm like, I look at him and I'm like, what? He has, he has anxiety and he's a little bored. You're going to no! need- <laughs> Carrie. And I go, I have three children. I have anxiety. I have anxiety and I'm bored. They're bored. Are you kidding me? We had to put a cone on him. You know, maybe he could go to the dog park. So not only do I have to do like planning for my children to go do something fun, Carrie's fun, summer of fun, I now have to do Carrie dog summer of fun so that my dog doesn't have anxiety. And this is just like things that will take you. It's too much. Thank you. That's too much. I mean, we have a dog, Juno, sweet Juno, who's beautiful. I hesitate to say anything about animals because I actually want people to continue listening to what we're really, (laughs) I know, (laughs) but, um, you know, I said when we got Juno seven years ago, I am not responsible. I am responsible for my four children who I love. And I, to your point, we do create a beautiful structure and it only stays chaos for a couple of days because we right. we all figure it out and we right. find our rhythm and it's actually super fun. And I was walking with two of my girls this morning. We went walking to Starbucks and I said, this is my favorite time of year. It quickly goes from, oh my gosh, we're all going to die to, this is bliss. Do you guys want to homeschool? <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> um, but the dog I have said early on, this is going to be your guys' responsibility. And I have maintained that. So our dog, I, I don't know. Our dog could have all kinds of things and I would never know because I have I have opted out you of have abdicated. You have abdicated yes. that On you guys. I know. And this is what I'm looking at my life and I'm going, are you kidding me? Like I, I have to, my dog has anxiety? Like what? I take I medication for anxiety. Why does my dog, is my dog feeding off of my anxiety? All this to say is this actually was, I was sitting in my car and I, you know, because that's where I do my Bible study and that's where it's quiet and there is literally no voices. And I was sitting there and I was thinking how much this actually is what we're going to talk about today of how much demand is it like can be on me and how much like, what do I engage in? What do I not engage in? What's my responsibility? What's not my responsibility? And what can I control? What can I can't control? What do I not need to control? You know, it kind of just like spiraled me into this like conversation with God and just really into this idea around demand and how deep rooted demand is. And so what I kind of want to talk about today is just thoughts around demand. What does Jesus say about demand? Does Does Jesus give demands, commands, kind of the difference between demand and obligation and like what, what, like what comes up for you 
when you hear the word demand, like, and I don't mean, yeah, I mean like an inter, like right, right, that internal, there is a demand on me. What comes up for you when you think of that word? Normal. <laughs> That's what I like. Isn't that just how it is? Doesn't right. everybody live feeling demand? I do think at some level, uh, we probably all yeah. experience the feeling of demand. Um, and I do, th- I actually, when you say demand, I do go to a little bit of obligation mm-hmm. because things that don't feel obligatory to me don't feel like a demand. They actually feel like purpose or mm-hmm. calling mm-hmm. or, you know, um, and are attached a little bit more to a feeling of joy, but demand mm-hmm. feels heavy. Yeah. It's almost like demand feels authoritative. Yes. Yes. Um, Whereas obligation feels like a moral commitment. Like I'm committed to this because I morally or ethically or whatever, I want to see almost like I'm obligated to this by choice. (laughs) And you think so? I feel, yeah. Like I I, I think think of obligation I mean, I, I see commitment, but I, when I feel like obligation, it feels a little bit like, oh, I should. Yeah. See, that's where I'm kind of like, okay, well, what's the definition of the two? I actually looked up the definition of the two. So let's look at the definition of the two, because are we using proper languaging? Because I'm curious, I was really curious about this. So demand is an insistent and preemptory, uh, request made as if by right and authoritative or you know, brusquely, like this, where is she kind of demand. And then obligation is an act or course of action to which a person is morally or legally bound by duty or commitment. The Mm -hmm. condition of being morally or legally bound to something and a debt of gratitude for service or favor. So it was kind of like, this is interesting to me because I actually was just coaching with someone today and I was talking to her a lot about obligation and I was talking a lot about like, why do you feel so obligated to this? Why do you feel da, 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 da. And actually, as I got off the phone, I started to think like, wait a minute, I, there's a demand where she feels out of control in her body, where if I don't do this, I'm going to lose something. Whereas obligation feels like, you know, if we're looking at the context of the word, like I'm going to choose by commitment or gratitude or, you know, it's not always this, but when does it move from this obligation that I ch- I'm choosing to when it's being told? Like whether it's internal, or external. Yeah. There you go. That helps because when, like, I do think sometimes um, there is a, there is a moment when you can be doing something as a call of duty, mm-hmm. cause, a commitment something you feel indebted to out of desire. Mm. And then there can be a time that it shifts where you are no longer obligated. Mm-hmm. And, that's and yet it comes up a demand, right? Like if I want to stay in it, it becomes it's a, demand. Right. Then it's because then it becomes, and that is, I think when the feeling of, well, I think sometimes you might know when the shift is occurring, when there feels, there is a sense of dread. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or resentment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you think of, mm-hmm. can you think of those moments? Yeah. So, I mean, if we're taking, I think, well, you know, this started silly because of my stupid dog. Um, I, I feel they're like, you know, 
I'm obligated because I made a commitment to take care of my dog, right? And so like I, I'm going to take care of my dog. But demand to me goes in this into this, I feel obligated to take care of my children. I actually want to, but there's a sense of obligation. So that's something that I'm choosing now. I could be a bad parent and just be like, I'm not doing that. But the demand feels different. The demand feels much more out of my control and it feels much more like this internal drive to belong and to keep a sense of belonging. And so like, let me use this as an example. So I am, I'm writing a book right now and I'm obligated to finish this book because it's, you know, an obligation. I signed a contract. I, I'm morally, legally have to finish this book and want to, just like you said, the outpouring of this desire. On the flip side of that, that's something that I feel very obligated to. And sometimes it comes with like, this is so hard to do it, but I'm obligated because I know it's out of a sense of, I made a choice. I signed this. I want to do it. It's out of gratitude and also just, you know, a moral commitment, legal commitment. On this flip side of this, this seems so silly, but social media. Lately, I have been feeling this sense of demand on me that I have to show up. And if I don't show up, I'm going to lose followers, influence, impact. It's not, there's no obligation on me to do it. It's an internal driver that says there is a demand on you, Carrie. And if you don't show up, you're going to lose. That feels so different to me. I feel bound to one. Because you're still under contract beyond the people, but it sounds to me like you're still under contract from the king, (laughs) the Lord. And I don't always love just using terms toward God that are so authoritative Mm because he's king, but he's also father. Right. But sometimes he's king Mm -hmm. and he is king as he is um, directed you and even get open entree for you to write this book. So there is a commitment there, mm-hmm. um, to where social media I'm hearing is like, um, the, the drive for it is not necessarily produce is necessarily to produce anything necessarily good or bad. Right. And I think the first thing that comes to my mind, as soon as we started talking obligation, I think maybe that's why I was like, well, wait, what do you mean by obligation? Because mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. what was an obligation, if it starts, not that we don't do hard things and not that obligations right. won't be difficult and have moments of like, oh, I love this. this is so great. Oh my gosh, I want to quit. I, I That's just life. That's just mm-hmm. part of fulfilling any commitment. Um, but I think of um, uh, my experience with church planting mm-hmm. and we planted a, a church in 2013 under under orders mm-hmm. from the lord and also willing mm-hmm. because we desired to serve him and please him and it actually um was he put it in our hearts to do and he led us to the place and he gave us a vision and we could see it and we wanted it and and 7 years in so much of what we set out to do, the work was started and it was going and it was growing and it was doing its thing. And God was, um, God was with us and all of that. It wasn't everything that we hoped or expected or imagined, but the point is, 
around seven years in, it started to, it started to feel like a little bit of dread. And I began to feel what you're feeling about social media, right? which is, I don't think that we're supposed to do this anymore. I don't actually feel necessarily under these orders, but if we don't, what's at stake. And when we took a deeper dive, it felt mm. like we were going to identity. Or even more so, the love of the father, which is an absolute lie. Right. And it felt like that. Like, God's not going to love us anymore if we back out on this obligation. Mm-hmm. And who will we be? Mm-hmm. Because we are church planters. Mm-hmm. And both of those things, actually, we had to go deeper dive and you can maybe even speak to this a little bit, but um, when it when it's not connected to the truth of God's word, nothing separates us from the love of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our identity is being a child of God, not connected to the occupation that we hold that's when you have to kind of reevaluate, okay, wait, is this, is this an obligation? Am I following a commitment and an obligation mm-hmm. that I, or is this a, dem- is this just a demand that is being put on me by others or the mm-hmm. world or even myself that is actually not connected to anything that God is leading me to at this, in this season. So I don't it's know. It's so good. Thoughts? No, I love that because I think what I hear you saying, and I, this feels true is that when you can start to identify, cause I think it's really important to understand there's Jesus, it, he calls us to obligation. He calls us to commitment. Uh, you know, Micah says to love justly, you know, to love mercy, to act justly, you know, like there is, there is a call and there's many scriptures about obligation. I, I was just reading a few, um, you know, first Corinthians nine fourteen. in the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel there. I mean, he goes on and on husbands, love your wives. There's, there's obligation to our responsibilities and for what God has done within us. We are obligated through commitment and through gratitude and through honor to walk out the kingdom of God here in the land of the living. Where I think I'm hearing the shift is when demand starts to come in, demand says, if you don't do it, you'll lose me. You Mm. will lose something of yourself. You're going to lose, you're, you're going to lose something and demand. I don't think, I don't think it's driven by the kingdom of God. I think obligation is I'm obligated as a servant in the king, in the king's court, as a knight or a prophet or whatever. In the king's court, I serve for the greater good of the kingdom out of obligation and honor. Like this is what I want to do. And there are times for rest. There are times where those, those, the vehicles in which we do those obligations shifts. But this idea around demand, demands start to speak. It's an insidious voice that says, if you don't do it, you will lose something of yourself. You will lose something of your body or your belonging or your influence or your power. And that's where I think we can get really hung up because doesn't it feel like a gray area? And it's really not. It's, it's really the tone and what it's speaking to. So when I was talking to my client, what I really want to do is go back and write to her and say, actually, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to do this, but obligation is not the wrong. It's the demand and what you feel in that demand. So my question to you, Jen, is 
where have you seen in your life demand bring destruction and obligation bring joy? Do you even know? Um, I think probably the greatest area of destruction for me where demand has been, has been, um, relationally Mm -hmm. in relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I have to say when I begin to like, I should, that's always a really good indication to me that I need to like pause and go, okay, wait, should. Mm Mm-hmm. What if you don't go? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen if you don't show up? Mm-hmm. You don't go. You don't perform for mm-hmm. them. What's going to happen? Mm. Um, what has happened? Oh, I've lost relationship. Mm-hmm. I have been misunderstood. Mm. I have not met expectations. So then I have to line that up with um, what if I, well, I have to line that up with, am I okay with that? But more than am I okay with that, what does God say about me in that? Mm -hmm. Because my ongoing wrestle is always defining the difference between what God says about me versus what culture or people or – the, the statuses of this world are demanding of me per mm-hmm. your social media demand. Right. Especially those of us who are um, building mm-hmm. ministries or businesses um, or, you know, a brand, whatever, mm-hmm. that are doing that sort of thing. You have to. Mm-hmm. You have to or else. But when you're feeling so depleted or it's because, getting to uh, create even more of an identity crisis for you or whatever. You have to step back and go like, says who? Mm, says mm, who? Right. Um, and I have to – and it's very countercultural for me. Honestly, sometimes it's very counter, counter – Intuitive. My yeah. My own – I was going to say counterintuitive. It's my, yep. counter my own instincts because my instincts are, yes – do it all. Go for it. If you can, make it happen. Achieve. Run. Go. Mm-hmm. Until I have hit brick walls. And until mm-hmm. I have done all of that and still felt defeated and still felt lost and still felt empty or insignificant. And that's when it's like, oh, okay, I need to go back to then what is God saying? Because anything I do in pursuit of him or that he approves of or that he is obligating and calling me to always leaves. Well, honestly, it's easy and light because isn't that what isn't that what the scripture says? Mm-hmm. His demand is come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. Not that it means you're going to take a nap, but there is even rest in your work. There's joy in the journey. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. Not "Eh, eh, eh, get it done. Do it now. Make it happen. Gentle. And you will find rest for your souls because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I Mm -hmm. find sometimes I'm operating under my own burdens and yoked up with my own mindsets of how it needs to be done under this sort of demand where he's just obligating me <laughs> to, to yoke mm-hmm. up with him. Yeah. And, and um, I mean, that obligation is a sense of, it's a, from, a, from a sense of desire, right? And so like both have desire, but one is skewed false sense of desire and the other one is fueled by the Holy Spirit's desire within you. And 
Yeah. I, I mean, it's some, it's interesting. I I'm curious and you could just say, I don't want to talk about that, but when you talked about your yearbook and 17 year old Jen that you had just come across this yearbook, right. And like, you're seeing 17 year old Jen and she's on every page and she's, she's killing it for the kingdom, (laughs) right. She's crushing it. And your words to me were like, ugh, I felt so much for her. Um, Tell me a little bit about and 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 I'll tell you a little bit about mine too. Yeah, I want to know what you. I, I know a little bit about seventeen year old. We're I'm coming into my it's my thirty year reunion and shocking I'm helping plan it. <laughs> right. So I was digging through old boxes this past weekend to find the yearbooks and um, I have teenage daughters who thought it was super fun to put on all my cheer uniforms and go through all of the, you know, memorabilia. And I had tons of it. I mean, I would like, I don't even like scrapbooking. I don't even keep baby albums. And let me tell you, I have scrapbooks full of all of my high achievements and all of my fun and photos of just about like everything, like in these, in these huge binders, scrapbooks. And then of course, all of my yearbooks. And, um, I always was, um, an, a student council officer. I was a pres- I was the president of the school, the chapter- captain of the cheer squad. And I was very proud of those things. Mm-hmm. And at 48, I looked and I was almost embarrassed mm. as my kids were like, wow, mom. And even we found my Bible, like my, um, you know, my first Bible and there was blue ribbons. I'm like, what did I win blue? What do you win blue ribbons for with church stuff? Like I was even like the Bible thumper, like, I was like, oh my goodness. And all these like awards. She has memorized the most scriptures. Jenny has done the most like Sunday school classes. Like ever. I was just like, whoa. Mm. I literally looked at it and they were like kind of laughing and they thought it was fun. And I felt, I actually had emotion come up in me that made me sad. Yeah. I was actually fighting back the tears sitting there going, having... I guess, empathy mm-hmm. for this 17-year-old girl. And I I have identified now at 48, the reason is that 17-year-old girl thought she had to perform and achieve and accomplish all of those things to be loved. Yeah. Such a demand. I know that now. I didn't know then. I was just sure. like, this is what I have to do. And I was doing it and I was determined and I was going to be first and I was going to... and. I mean, some of those things served me really well. Some sure. of those things, it's part of my natural wiring in my makeup. I'm going to always achieve. I'm going to always walk in a room and be like, hey, everybody. That is that is part of my God-given um, DNA. Sure. And I, I love it and I don't want to change it. What I do is I want to – what I ha- what has grown in me, what has been healed in me, what has become aware in me is now the reason I do it is not to prove my worth. Right. Now I do it. The things that I do now, I desire them for them to come to a place to serve others, mm-hmm. not serve myself. And those things served me because I felt like that's what I had to do to be loved. And I don't think that that is the case anymore. So yeah, it was hard. I don't know. Tell me, because we were, we're a lot alike, but we also have a lot of differences. And I know our high school experiences had some similarities, but because of our childhood differences, right. it manifested differently. Right. So I don't and know, I think- 
Yeah. I mean, I can't, it just, it just manifested itself differently. And and I think, you know, in our next episode, we will talk more about what does it mean to start moving into choosing obligation and not being controlled by demand. But, but for now sitting in this place of looking back in my childhood and even, especially obviously my teenage years, um, there was such a demand on me to hold the weight of sorrow and pain in my home. Um, and such, there was such dysfunction and my little body couldn't bear it. Like it just couldn't bear the, the anguish and the anger in my home, even though no one, no one yelled, it was very quiet home, but there was so much anguish and so much heartache. Um, for me, the demand on me was I, I can't feel this. So I've mm. always been an achiever. You know, I've always loved um, performing and achieving and and I want to be the best. I'm super, super competitive until it got to the point where I was like, I I don't even have a safe place to land with this, with this kind of achievement. And so that demand on me to to bear the weight of my home, to bear the the sorrow in my home instead of overachieving so that I, you know, to, to, to take away from just being the joy of a kid, um, even though, you know, achievement is fun, but it's not fun if it's, if it's required, if it's demanded of you to, to feel a sense of belonging and love. And for me, it was like, I don't actually have a place to like land that's healthy with all of this achievement. So I'm just, I'm just going to numb. But the funny part is, is I was, a really, really great drug addict. Like I sold drugs. I dated the guy that was the best, you know, that was like selling the drugs. And I was, you know, I was like a pretty like well-known druggie, you know, and I was still like on, like I was making a lot of money. I was hustling. Like, of course, even on drugs, I'm like, you know, making a lot of money. I <laughs> like just so crazy because that's just naturally, like you said, in me, but it's this demand on our bodies and our bodies respond with this desire to go, look, I can't feel the weight of this sorrow. Mm. So in your home, and we won't get in, we don't need to get into that, but in your home and in every home, okay, every home, there is dysfunction and sorrow. And if that home does not have open dialogue about those experiences, those traumatic event experiences that everyone experiences, anytime we feel powerlessness, then our bodies go into a survival mode. How am I going to keep belonging and this feeling of homeostasis, like like peace, even if there is no peace, you know, but this sense of kind of regulation. And I think for me, that was like, I'm going to regulate by numbing because mm-hmm. I can't. And really, Jen, you, there was, from what I'm hearing, there is a sense of numbing in that, in all of those achievements, right? Like- Well, that's honestly, as an adult for the longest time, what I did to not have to feel is I worked Mm -hmm. and I found like, whether it was in producing at, in a ministry and at a church or, um, you know, I have a business, whether it was climbing, Mm -hmm. um, to the top ranks in my business. And I think what I want to be sure that is clear here, it's it's good to do good work. Yep. It's great to have drive. I mean, yep. God put us on this earth and yes, to love him and to love others and to do good work. And to and, do good work. Um, uh, you know, and so 
it it's not that I still am achieving. I'm mm-hmm. still, I still yep. have plans and visions and I'm still here. I'm not done doing good work for God. There's a plan and a purpose for every single one of us. You and I have talked about this. It's about where that work is coming from. And I used to come, I think the 17-year-old Jenny mm-hmm. was doing it to be worthy. Mm-hmm. Now am I worthy? Now like, and probably a sense of like, okay, I'm just going to do this because this feels good. It feels right. good to win. It feels, sure. and it does. But it was because if I don't win, then I am not worthy and I'm not going to feel good and I am not valuable. And and so like the sense of significance mm-hmm. um, where now I, at 48, mm-hmm. Jen, name right. change, yeah. <laughs> works, works from a place of, of worth. So mm-hmm. achievements are still fun and wins still feel good, but losses – don't take me out of the game. Right. Like they once I think this is an important, and this is what we'll talk about next episode. So I think this is a good time to kind of just allow, allow you as listeners to sit as you're listening to this episode, really to take, um, to take inventory. What does it mean to be obligated? And what does it mean to work from demand, to work from obligation and to work from demand? One is a choice that you're making out of gratitude, legal obligation, uh, moral obligation of going, this is what I am going to do. Um, And then the demand is saying, if you don't do it you will lose. And, and I think as we, as we go into our next episode, we'll kind of continue this conversation, but, um, you know, oh, yes, it's important to work and all of that. And we're going to get to that because that's a part of it. I just don't think you fully show up as you, uh, even if you've achieved all the things. And I don't think you show up fully as you. And I don't think you show up as focused as an, and as empowered if you are functioning from demand as opposed to this place of chosen obligation. Because never does it say to just sit around. In fact, I think oftentimes that's because demand has been so embedded in you. Some of you just give up. It's just, it's too much. I can't live to it. And so you lose yourself in the process. And so we're going to, we're going to close out this episode and we're going to, we're, we're going to, I'm just going to leave you with that thought. If, if obligation is from a place of really this, like out of gratitude and goodness, um, and even a sense of obligation to legal re- legal things, like like I'm writing my book, it's still a choice that I made from a place of going, I'm choosing this, even though it's hard, it's about, a, I am achieving, but it but it's not tied to if I don't do this, I'm going to lose myself in it. I'm going to lose a sense of, like you said, Jen, worth or whatever. And so as we kind of close out this this episode, stay tuned for the next one as we continue because I want to move then into, so how do we move out of demand and into obligation? How do we move from those places? Because I think, don't you think, Jen, like like many of us, if we're really taking a step back and looking, we are functioning much out of demand and less out of obligation, chosen obligation and much out of demand upon us, probably stemming from what we believe even as children. I mean, I see it all around me, especially in ministry. Yeah. And it's just living life in handcuffs. And so I want to talk about um, how we can live free. Yeah. Do, Do good things and fulfill like 
desires and dreams and all the things in our heart utilize our God-given gifts and talents um, Mm -hmm. without dread. Without Um, dread, resentment. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. It's going to be hard, but there's a difference. So I love that you guys have joined us. Jen, I'm so excited for this journey with you to just spend some time for these next four episodes of breaking down some of these, these thoughts. And, you know, next episode, we'll, we'll kind of dive into the part two of this, the part two of how to actually be free of demand and step fully into the goodness of obligation. And what does it mean to, to choose obligation and not have demand choose you um, or, or have power? Power over you. So in that, my friends, I pray that you would take this week um, to just pause, reflect, look at your life and ask yourself, one, whose voice is that that's driving me? What is it telling me I'm going to lose if I don't do it? What do I have to gain by stepping into it and allowing yourself to kind of just unpack those just for yourself this week? Don't don't try to make a lot of meaning out of it yet. Um, just kind of sit and be observant, observant of where your energy, like the energy to do comes from. What is the narrative behind it? And what does God kind of want to be invited into that? And then further, what, what does he have to say about it? Um, so thank you so much for joining us. Jen, thanks for being with us um, on this episode. We will see you guys next week. We are so thankful for the talented Tanya Godsey offering her amazing music with us. You can find Tanya on Spotify and other streaming platforms. And hey, we would love to answer any questions you may have for us right here on the show. So you can send us those questions to hello at thehonestpodcast.com. And as always, thank you for letting us share about the not so easy stories that make us and entering into the honesty and courage it takes to love who you were created to be. So until the next time, friends, may God's love and kindness be an offering to your heart, both now and always. (laughs) 